Welcome to PTG TV. This is your host, Antonio Hicks, aka Escape in the Matrix. In this episode of Real Talk and Conversation with today's candidate, I welcome on my special guest, Catherine Hardrick, candidate for Snellville City Council. Catherine, a 20 year resident of Snellville, a military vet, comes straight out of Detroit, Michigan, raising her three children here in Gwinnett County in the great state of Georgia. Catherine is wanting to bring about community change, accountability, and transparency here in Snellville. Welcome on to the show, Kat. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. So tell us a little bit about, you know, who you are. What what brought you down here from Detroit? Because my one thing you don't probably know about me, my kids live up in Saginaw, Michigan, so I know all about Detroit. Oh, see, well, you know, then um, you don't I don't miss the snow. No, <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't miss the snow at all. The snow. I do like the first fall of snow. Right. But um, mm-hmm. after you drive around it and it gets all dirty and that ice pile up. No, I don't miss that. But I love my city, Detroit. Um, but born and raised, like you said, uh, I lost my parents by the time I was five. And so it was a village that raised me and my six siblings to make sure that we didn't go into foster care. So it was my grandmother, my aunts and uncles, and then the entire village, my neighbors and friends. And actually one of my longtime friends flew down from Detroit to help me campaign. You know, so we have those long friendships of 30 plus years. And so I'm very fortunate to have that. And so from going from Detroit, I went into the military to serve our country and I served the country for several years and then traveled and did that. And actually I was in Fort Stewart, Georgia, where I lived there and was in Savannah, Hunnam Airfield. I was there for several years. And then um, I just liked Atlanta and I transferred here from up north with Ernst and Young as a um, secretary. And then I worked my way on up from the administrative side to the financial side. And so for the past 20 years, I worked in the financial sector. Mm-hmm. So I like it here. I love Atlanta. Nice and warm, you know, very different. Yeah, you get, you get all seasons here in one day. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The only well, first. Thing, that traffic, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. that's, ooh, that's uh-huh. the issue in itself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, first, I'm sorry that you uh, had to deal with losing your parents. That's, I know that's got to be rough. Yep. You know, um, you know, when you were young, like five years old, you don't realize it. And then when you start going to school, you see everybody's like mom, mom, mom. But, you know, I, I look at it now as a blessing in that mm-hmm. um, where you may have one mom and one dad. I have several mothers and several dads. Mm-hmm. And um, just unfortunately, my uncle, who he's my biological uncle, but he's a dad to me. Mm-hmm. He passed September 27th, this past September 27th, just turned 87. Oh, no. Yeah. So um, I actually was out campaigning when I found out. And so, um, but yeah, and he's my my mother's youngest sister's husband. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, every and everybody's been married 60 years, you know, strong family um, and knowing that you have that support, whether it's blood or not, I know what it's like to have a village. I know what it's like to have a community where Miss Roberts makes the caramel cake from scratch or Mr. Smith telling you, get off his grass, you know, or everybody watching you in the neighborhood, making sure, you know, the, I grew up where by the time you got home, if you did something wrong, your parents oh, find out about it. Everybody <laughs> because, knows, yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So, you know, I grew up in that environment and I'm just thankful for all the people that poured into me and my siblings to help make us who we are today. So what'd you do in the military? 
Actually, I worked in the um, in the office and personnel, human resources, um, secretary and finance, helping soldiers get promoted, understanding the law mm-hmm. and uh, knowing um, the good and the bad uh, uniform code of military justice. If somebody got in trouble or helping soldiers um, get promoted, making sure that they got all their pay together, um, payroll, doing uh, family care acts when you have social because I worked in rapid deployment so mm-hmm. rapid deployment you always had to have your paperwork together just in case you had to go because the time I was in I was in during Saudi and um a just cause when we were fighting um Panama and so forth so during that season you just had to make sure the soldiers were all together everything that they needed to have their day-to-day life so basically like you would have uh, HR in the civilian sector that's where I worked in the military Oh, so you went out racking up bodies in. Say, say again. <laughs> <laughs> what you say? <laughs> Look, I just had oil surgery. Don't have me laugh too hard. <laughs> I guess I have stitches in my mouth. <laughs> oh, no. I said you went out racking up bodies. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I used to tell you my cousin about that because he served two terms in mm-hmm. uh, Desert Storm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I provided support for my friends and family that I knew that were over there. And um yeah, that's that's the that's the issue. I just, you know, we all had to serve our country and and do what we need to do during that time. And you just try to support as many people as you can. And a lot of people came home not the same, just like no. our Vietnam veterans and the people before us. You know, we are standing on the shoulders of great people, you mm-hmm. know, so there are a lot of folks. And that's why I'm an advocate for because I, I am a military sexual trauma survivor and I advocate for people who have been, have been victims to speak their truth, tell their story and get the help that they need. And so for the past, maybe 2015, 16, I poured into the VA to get the help that I needed to be mm-hmm. at a space where I can advocate for others and have, get my life back. Right. And so go ahead. No, go ahead. Finish your thought. Okay. Yeah. So a lot of people, um, have PTSD, have mental, and I don't like to say mental illness, I like to say mental wellness. And we have a lot of issues, but people don't want to address that. It's such a negative stigma. And so I feel like I'm the poster child, not only when I'm trying to bring diversity to the city of Snailville, it's not just diversity with um, gender, race, it's your your abilities too, right? Mm-hmm. This is we veterans are very we get accolades, your active duty, yeah, rah, 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 heroes, heroes. The time we get out nothing no support no no encouragement no resources we have to fight for what we have already earned and the VA is terrible that is a problem we should never have a homeless veteran we should mm-hmm. never have a, a veteran that's uh, suffering from home, uh, food insecurities they should not have to sit here and try to figure out how they're going to pay their bills a veteran should not have to worry about a thing mm-hmm. we have served this country we deserve to be treated with the same amount of respect that we did receive when we were active duty and serving and protecting. So I, that's a that's something for me that is just it took me and I know people still fighting for their benefits. I know Vietnam veterans who won't get who does not receive that benefits. Vietnam veterans. Are you kidding me? So, yeah, we have to do better as a country to help our soldiers. Yeah, well, that's why somebody put my hand up. When you see me do that, <laughs> I'm, about to, I'm about to bust out a point. Yeah, because it's like, how do you feel about them politicizing 
the military because that's what be pissing me off because I'm like I, I'm just like you mm-hmm. I'm like now I necessarily don't believe I don't well we don't I don't when people say that they are really fighting for um for us to be able to protest over here I call shenanigans on that I was like no right. you're fighting for what the U.S. <laughs> them bullying other countries i was like granted you know we do have to protect our country but i'm like you know you're not dealing with a slow cookie over here i like i pay attention to military advancements and the weapons that we have and i was like there ain't nobody that'll be able to get across some oceans and call themselves want to come over here and fight right but because people do serve i still Mm -hmm. respect those that do serve because we still need a military force that's right And like you when they come home i'm like y'all forget about them that's right. I was That's like, right. these folks go through all this training. First of all, basic training is to teach you how to kill people. I don't like plain and simple. I don't care where you serve. Kill and survive. So it's like, I don't care where you serve at. I don't care if you're doing admin work. I don't care if you become, you're in the medical field. You are mm-hmm. still going through basic training. So you learn how to use weapons. You learn how to defend yourself. You learn how to, like, like we say, kill and survive. Mm-hmm. But right. then once you go through all that training and then you come back home to civilian life, that stuff is still inside of you. And it it's like they politicize it so much. And like you said, don't even take care of the best. You you don't. And you're absolutely right. Because you're trained. You have to be tough. You can't you can't show any emotions, which in some cases, you know, so I went to school and I got a, um, I'm a health coach. I got my degree from Georgia State Exercise Science and I'm getting my certification in health coaching from mm-hmm. IIN. And so and then myself, I'm a patient of cognitive behavioral therapy. Right. So you start understanding how the brain works. So if you have decades of tough, be tough, you can't cry, you know, suck it up, drive on. Right. Mm -hmm. And then not to mention if you had any of that when you were a kid. Right. Coupled with the military, then you wonder why when people don't really function well when they come out because that's all they know is go hard, go hard, go hard. You have to protect, you have to protect. And then if you're in a war zone and you see people die and you see trauma over and over and over again, that's why some, you know, fireworks, that triggers people. Yeah. That triggers people. And I know people like to celebrate that, but our veterans and even maybe police officers. I mean, some people are triggered by those sounds. And mm-hmm. I know veterans personally that we can't deal with that. We can't deal with that. So we have to think and be considerate about those things on a broader level on how are we going to help protect and be considerate of our soldiers that have those issues. And so we we really need to dig down, dig deep. And you're right. We mm-mm. I don't want to say too much about it. I have to catch myself. <laughs> Only thing I say is to all y'all vets out there, especially with y'all that's uh, teaching uh, boxing and self-defense classes. If y'all know y'all get ready to have an episode, can y'all just step away? Because uh, I didn't got hurt way too many times with my old trainer. <laughs> <laughs> I used to do boxing, kickboxing, uh, mixed martial arts. Uh, oh, did yeah, you? yeah, I did. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I so I, I used to get bullied in school. Oh, and yeah. I got jumped on my junior year in school by like 15 people. Oh, man. And so when I got out and I graduated, I told my dad, I was like, I want to learn how to fight. Like, I really, really want to learn how to fight. So we put right. me in boxing classes. And my gym actually was in downtown Lawrenceville, which is why I always talk about people don't know the realness of Gwinnett. Because I'm like, Uh-oh. I was in Lawrenceville before Lawrenceville became Lawrenceville. What? And I was like, it was not as diverse as it is right now. So don't be telling mm-hmm. me about nothing about Gwinnett. Because I was here before Gwinnett really was formed the way it is now. Right, right. But yeah, my trainer, he was an ex-Vietnam Marine from, from mm-hmm. in Vietnam. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, he would snap. Yeah, he would have Uh-oh. his moments where he would he would get triggered up and he would put you in the arm bar or he would teach you how to do a kick. Mm-hmm. And he would act like he on the field. And I was like, hey, man, I was be tapping out. <laughs> like, this is, You're like, wait, real. wait. Yes, we're not back on the battlefield. <laughs> Calm down. Leave my brother alone. <laughs> Look, but at least you learned the real deal, right? I sure did. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I, I sure did. And that's why I always say, I tell people all the time, I was like, people that are trying Trained, which I'm an advocate for guns. Yeah. I was like, people that are trained on how to use weapons or how on self-defense, right. they are not always quick to pull a trigger because we know the consequences of what That's happens right. when you do that versus those who are not trained That's right. and they always want to shoot somebody up. That's right. That's right. You're absolutely right. And, you know, sometimes people say, oh, it's so much pressure. No, if you're trained, you're going through this over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. So you're supposed to have that pause before you pull the trigger. So it's something wrong when you pull the trigger and then you want to, you know, think about it. Mm-mm. Not when you've yeah. been trained for decades, you know. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm proud of my military experience and I'm thankful for my fellow veterans who served alongside me and the ones I know and don't know, because it's really important. It is important to have a, a military force, but you're right. You know, sometimes I feel like we shouldn't be in places that we are, you know, mm-hmm. but... You know, I, I suited up and I served and I, I have to obey. Right. You no, know, I don't necessarily have to like it, but I will follow orders and do what I'm told and do the best job that I can because we have to protect our country. Right. And I believe that, too. And like a lot of people say, well, oh, you don't have to join the military or you don't have to obey this. I was like, like whatever. I was I like, do. you know, take that back to your corporate life. I was like, tell your boss that you don't want to do something they're asking you to do. I'm like, what you going to do? You going to quit on the spot? No. Right. You right. do their work until you right. find something else better to do. Yeah, and and in the military, you locked in. I mean, where you gonna go? You locked right. in for four years. Where four you gonna years. go? Or six years, whatever your term is. Two, four, six, pick one. I mean, you're not going you can, anywhere. You can run. Yeah, you go. You know, you don't want to get the A one. Am I A? Right. <laughs> yeah. Now I gotta fill out my mil- the 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 uh the uniform code of justice on you. You don't want that. Mm-hmm. You know, you're gonna go to jail. Yeah, but the, ooh, people don't understand the consequences of that. I try to explain to people, I was like, hey, I might not have been in the military. I was like, but I was trained by military people. I like, I've been around them with military folks. I said the last thing, what do y'all call it? The hamburger? Yep. I was like, the last thing you want is to get a dishonorable discharge. You ain't gonna have no place to rent. You're going to have a hard time getting the mortgage. They're going to pull it up in when you go and get apply for jobs. I was like, nope, you don't want that at all. That's right. That's right. And that's what, you know, you want an honorable discharge. You want an honorable discharge. And I mean, now, I mean, I don't even know how you can do anything to get a dishonorable discharge. They real strict. You need you need to have a a straight and narrow um, composure and attitude and how you conduct yourself. So, yeah. So now you out. You didn't. Mm-hmm. You didn't came back to civilian life. Mm-hmm. You got three kids that you didn't raise and got them out of Gwinnett County. Yeah. So now you want to run for office. Why? Why the heck you want to run for office? Why you want this smoke? You know, and uh, honestly, I was tired of doing this. You know, crying about all the disparities that's going on in the world, mm-hmm. and I believe in being proactive and not reactive, and. So many of us have lost people directly or indirectly. And I don't want to be the person to run, which is good. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but you know, when we have people that run because they've lost a loved one from Mm -hmm. an injustice, right? And so I've done my protesting. I've done my helping bailing out people 
um, who were protesting, who were arrested. Um, I've done my signed petitions to try to get the right people in and get the get laws passed. So what was the next move for me? So I actually prayed about it and I fasted and, you know, cause I'm a believer, you know, my father, son, and Holy spirit. And it came up for me that it was time for me to run and run for post five. And so I'm here to try to make a more positive change for Snellville because, mm, you know, sometimes you vote for people and then you think they are they want to do. And then when they get in office, they just don't do it. You know, two years ago, four yeah. years ago. And it's like, OK, well, I know me. I'm not going to change. I'm going I'm a person that's full of ethics and values and I'm going to stay to my word. So instead of putting my confidence in somebody else, mm-hmm. why not me? So, yes, I put my name in the hat and I'm hoping that people will, you know, give me a chance and, and see what I'm about and give me an opportunity to make Snellville better. Because Snellville can be better. That's right. We always, we always, if anybody ever think you can't improve, that's a problem, right? You should always aspire to, I'm a life learner, you should always aspire to be better. You know, and now that we have, you know, a minority majority city, we need to have that reflected in our leadership. And we don't. In a century, you've only had two, two um, minorities, um, two, maybe three mm-hmm. in the last century. So what is your message to people when you're out canvassing in the minority communities? Because that's, that's the hardest thing that we always talk about is getting mm-hmm. them to show the vote. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I learned from uh, Representative McLeod. She gave me a good piece of advice with the, if you pay income tax and sales tax, then you should vote. Mm-hmm. And I, I always communicate in metaphors and, and so forth. Not always, but I definitely try to use that because it helps bring stuff home, especially when I was raising my children. Mm-hmm. And when you use that analogy and people actually see, wow, wait a minute. I do pay income tax. I do pay sales tax. I do have a voice, you know, so on the campaign trail, I am reminding people that you are valuable. Your voice is valuable. This is your government. This is your city. People may have blurred over that facts, Mm -hmm. but the fact is this is the citizen city and they deserve and have a right to have a voice in how it's governed. And you have to remind the citizens of that. You know, nowhere on this planet do you give money, not even one penny, and not um, have a voice in how it's spent and where it goes. Nowhere. You're not going to give me $4,000 or Mm -hmm. $2,000, how much ever your taxes are, and say, do whatever you want to do with it. You're not going to do that. Right. You know, so we have to remind people that you're putting money into this city. You should have a voice in how it's spent. You know, um, another thing is just to remind them that the services and a lot of people are not familiar with what city council does, what the mayor does, the city manager. And you have to educate people again. Like when is the last time you had a civics class, maybe high school? And Mm -hmm. if people go to college, because college isn't for everyone, you may not be reintroduced to that information. So we have to meet people where they are. And another thing that people say, oh, well, if you don't vote, you shouldn't complain. I feel like, I feel like, yeah, you should complain, but then you should ask yourself what you're going to do about it. Because the more you complain and you hear yourself, and hopefully you're around a group of people that will challenge you, you can say, well, what you gonna do about it? Because, I mean, if you and I keep talking and I keep saying, 
you know, I keep hitting my head on this door. I keep hitting my head on this door. When you're going to move the door or move your head or move differently, right? right? So that's the same thing with you educating people about voting. You don't vote, but you complain that your trash keeps piling up or you keep mm-hmm. having potholes or you're tired of traffic or whatever your issues are. What do you want to do to make a difference? Oh, maybe I can vote. How do I need, what do I need to do to make that difference? So once you understand the connection, potholes, city council, then you can say, oh, whoever I put in city council is going to affect these potholes. Who picks the police chief? If you have impolite interactions with the police in your city, who picks those people? Who hires that? Mayor, city council. Oh, connection. So Mm -hmm. when you draw the connection, then people, the light bulb will go off and say, okay, well, maybe I do need to plug into this process. You know, and it's all about just meeting people where they are, not, you know, bashing people. Oh, don't complain. Mm -mm. Don't vote. Complain. Now let's have a conversation. So now you can be, now you have to have your why. So as a health coach, one of the things that I have to do is ask a person. "Mm, I have to Mm, I'm trying to think how I want to say this. <laughs> Look at me. I'm like, mm. I had two thoughts coming together. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> my mind going faster than my words. So I have to get a person to see the value in wellness before something catastrophic happens. So right. before you have a heart attack, a stroke or some other major event, I need to get you to see the importance of why you should make your wellness number one. Right. So the same thing with your civic duty. I have to show you as a candidate why this vote is important to you. Why should you vote for city council? Why does it mean a lot to you? Once you understand that, then maybe you can sit down with you and your family and have the conversation that, okay, every registered voter in this house is going to vote. If we're not registered, we're going to get everybody registered because now we have a why. When you understand your why and that why is passionate to you, Because everybody is unique. Don't have anybody feed you your why. You have to have your why. And then that's when it's going to stick. Just like with diets. People go Atkins and all this other stuff. If it's not for you, it's not going to work for you. What worked for one person is not going to work for you. It's a bio-individuality. Same thing with voting. It's your individual responsibility. We have rules and responsibilities. Mm-hmm. And at some point, it's going to go. You got to follow the rules. You got to be responsible. What you have to put into that, you have to put into that. And how you do that? Through your vote. Become educated. You know, you shouldn't see your leaders during campaigning. No. These uh-huh. people, I didn't know. I don't even know who my city council person is. I don't know XYZ. I never met them. And I'm like, I wouldn't even. I, that's my thing. I'm like, and you freely say that. I'm like, you don't recognize when you say that. That's not even a good thing. Right, right. And that's not. And then it's two part, right? It's the leadership's part and it's the citizens' part. Yep. Same thing with city council meetings. Okay, who all goes? There's twenty thousand citizens in Snailville. Oh, Catherine Hardis has never been to city council meetings. Okay, how you know? That's my. <laughs> that's my question. How do you know? And moreover, even if you did. They're video recorded, so we can still get the same information video. But one thing I would like to do is have it live stream. We can pivot now. Technology is advanced, like what we're doing uh, now. Do something where people can reach. Look at just you. <sighs> because it, cause I, I say that all the time. I mean, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I actually say what you're saying. Oh, because okay, I, I, I say that when people are talking about 
the new um new new school board things is coming out <laughs> that the, the parents need to understand they, they post it up on their website for the parents to read over or they send it out to them in email mm-hmm. i'm like well why don't y'all just make a recording of it so parents can just play it in the car while they're on their way home from work or whatever right, right. or yeah. even if you don't want to do a video you can do an audio so they can just listen to it yeah. like, it's, it's when you when you send the email notification now or updates then just send a recording, a link to the recording on top of it. You say, hey, you know, I understand mm-hmm. this might be long. This could be four or five pages long and you, you got to get home. You got to do all of our parental duties right. or wind down from your day. Tune in and That's listen right. here and we'll explain it to you. And I've met citizens who are legally blind. So what the email is going to do for them? Yeah. They need, uh, we have to have options to reach everybody people with this well i don't even like to say disabilities altered abilities we need to reach people on different on where they are so mm-hmm. we can't just keep doing it the same old way our city is growing we have so many different diversities and we have to acknowledge that with how we even disseminate information mm-hmm. you know and so that's what i feel you know we we have to make sure we reach citizens period and if you don't reach citizens then why why? Because if Snailville is at large, you only have to you only have to please a small group of people to keep you in office. Yep. But if we were at districts, now you have to speak to and please those people in those districts. Now you have to work. I, I don't get why they don't make it a requirement to where you have to address your constituents. Just talk to them. Like at least once a week or once a, you don't even got to do a town hall just make a, a recording or something and tell them what you're working on and that's one of the things i talk about like with my my campaign and stuff and people's like oh what, once you get an office you know are you gonna start stop talking i was like hell no you know i, right, right. Like, I like talking to people i'm right. like i like like you like your thing communicate mm-hmm. community accountability and transparency that's right i'm like i like being on the radio i like talking i'm like i like playing video games and let's have a mm-hmm. conversation about policies and issues mm-hmm. stuff. i'm like let's talk why would i stop all of that that's if right. i was doing it because i just like doing it before i even became an elected official right and that's the thing is like why aren't people just having a stream like once a week or once every two weeks just to talk to your constituents because they don't want to listen listen if you don't reach your constituents it's a problem because you need everybody's voice to be heard right but Mm -hmm. if you only stay in city hall and you get the same five or ten people or so forth then you only reaching those people so if you don't you don't care in my opinion in my opinion you have to do things that show that you care. So you have to step outside of what, what has been working for you. When your community is now 20,000 people, you got to pivot. How are you going to mm-hmm. reach those people? And like you said, you should have a reason. Your reason should be, I care about my community. I want to be transparent and I want to be held accountable. I want to give out as much information as possible. Mm-hmm. Being in City Hall and doing those little recorded videos is a way but now we have to think of greater ways to reach more people and be more consistent, especially when you see 10 people or less are the same people that come to City Hall twice a month. What are we doing? People get off work at six or five o'clock. They're in two hour traffic. Yep. They can't make it to seven or seven thirty. And just like no. you said, you want to wind down. You got kids to feed. You probably have aging parents that you care for or a child that may have autism of some sort. You may have a, a litany of reasons. What are we going to do to make sure we get that information out to people? Right, because you know you got access to everybody that's in, that's in the city limits itself. You can reach them easily. 
And like you said, we don't want to fix the transportation issue because like I said, that's a whole different topic in itself. Because if you work anywhere in Atlanta and you're trying to, you work in somewhere that's where you can survive off of it, you driving. And you, I drove two right. hours one way. So my commute used to be four hours before I started working from home full time. So that's the average. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine everybody doing that? And you add, what's the math on that a year that you spend in traffic? Not to mention how that affects the planet. Mm-hmm. You know well, when I talking about global warming, you're talking about climate change. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody want to talk about climate change, mm-mm, mm-mm. especially here in the state of Georgia, mm. with, with the lobbyists trying to prevent us from even getting solar panels installed on people's houses and stuff. Look, child, I'm just trying to get cars off the road. That's my first thing, and I'm getting beat up about that. But okay, <laughs> yeah, is I don't. I'm like, why can't we? Because I think we can do Snailville the same way they do, almost like Atlantic Station, or even almost like a Johns Creek. To where you have a cutoff point and only allow a certain amount of traffic coming through the city itself and everything else be foot traffic or on bicycles or scooters. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know about the, the bikes in because I'm a walker and a runner. Mm-hmm. So it's just not safe. It's not. No. Um, the sidewalks, you know, they're supposed to be working on the sidewalks now. So hopefully we'll see some sidewalks in some other areas, but it's start and stop sidewalks. I don't understand how that even became into play, but you really don't have room for a bicycle. And then mm-hmm. if you were to try to redo the streets, you don't have anywhere to, to go. Nope. You know, so I really don't know how the the the, the Department of Transportation is gonna kind of map that out to to do that. And then you know you you want to protect the legacy homeowners that have that land along a lot of that place, along along a lot of that uh, walkway too. Mm-hmm. They don't want to give up their land to make sidewalks and they've been here 40 and 50 years. I mean, I met a citizen that's been here since 1974, something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't want to give up their land, you know. How was that interaction? How did it feel about all the changes that were taking place? Um... Uh, some is welcome, some is not. Again, the ones that threaten their land, you know, mm-hmm. that's the biggest concern for them. Um, you know, they welcome growth, they welcome diversity and so forth. It's just that when they're concerned the way that they foresee the growth coming, it's coming mm-hmm. towards them. And they've already been questioned about what can they do to get their land? I want your land. I want your land. And they've said no. How many times is a person going to say no? And then when they reach a certain age, you know, you get tired. And I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I oh, they hit you with code enforcement. Huh? I said they hit you with code enforcement and force well, you off of it. Oh, well, yeah. So exactly. And so that's the thing that you want to make sure that you try to protect them from. And that's sad. So, yeah, that's the issue people having with Loganville now. Like a lot mm-hmm. of the uh, the, the seasoned people that's been here for so long. Now the growth has made it all the way out here to the country, mm-hmm. and they're they're pissed off about the traffic. I'm like, hey, you, you need to talk to your mayor. I said because, because <laughs> 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 he was the one that was invited in, and he didn't mm-hmm. say anything about transportation, how to expand our roads. He didn't do any of that stuff. Mm-mm. So I'm like, you pissed off? Go get mad at him. But y'all, you know, keep giving him big ups. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, you know, it's, you know, Snellville has the Grove and it's here and it's growing. And I hear people talk about the traffic that's going to happen and, you know, the the way. And I don't know if you drove by it, but like the building is here and here's the sidewalk. And it's like you can just 
dump your cup of sugar like right on the street. Oh so yeah, like, especially them luxury uh the apartments they building right there in the mm-hmm. downtown. Mm-hmm. I'm so, like, it's good for the small businesses, but yeah. Yeah, and I'm still trying to figure out where all these people are coming from. Yeah, well, the citizens who are in that area, you know, some citizens, I should say, are just a few that I've spoken to just to do, you know, that's not something that they want. And people are always concerned about crime and um, uh, the influx of people, the lack of uh, the lack the of <laughs> listen to you, the lack of um, transportation and being able to move back and forth because, you know, it takes them 30 minutes just to go up, you know, a 15 minute uh, uh, commute is now mm. doubled or, or more and you know people don't want to do that so I do find it interesting though and I'm trying to figure out what kind of study they can do and why we all of a sudden have a spike in crime out here as well say that one more time you think where who who has the spike in crime oh it's a spike in crime over here in like in the Loganville part of Snellville area uh, the uh, crime is, is going up mm-hmm. and I'm like I'm, I'm finding it weird I get well I guess I can look at it like this. So, you've been here. So you was here during '96. When you been? No, when I was here in 2000. I moved in 2000. So you weren't here during '96. So I always talk. Well, about I can't. Yeah, not in '96. But Olympics. I always tell people about. You know, you know, you know, the city <laughs> failed you when '96 took came about because '96 is when we got Olympics here. Uh huh. And like when anybody, when you have any major venue that shows up, they have to go through a whole redevelopment to beautify the city mm-hmm. in the area, which means they have to get rid of all the homeless, figure out, try to figure out a way how to relocate all the homeless people, get rid of all the projects. So Olympics came down here to Atlanta. We went over. So they got rid of all of the projects in the downtown area. And our former mayor that was there made a promise to everybody that he would help them secure housing. Mm. And he was actually giving money from the government to allocate towards that. Of course, that didn't happen. Mm. So the people that was displaced, they pushed them out into the urban and rural areas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you grew up in like one of my uh, favorite places I like talking about because we were told to stay away from there growing up, uh, East Lake Meadows. So I don't know if you ever heard about East Lake Meadows being mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. It was called Little Vietnam. Uh, if they didn't know you and you didn't know nobody in there, mm-hmm. it, it was in your best interest not to go up in there. Because you, wow. would, yeah, it was that bad. You, you wouldn't wow. necessarily make it out. And when it happened, people that lived there wouldn't even snitch because they just it was just mm-hmm. a part of life there. Right, right, right. So now East Lake Meadows is a golf community. Mm. Tiger Woods plays there every year. But you have to think about all the people that live there. Not the season, season people that grew up there that was there and they pay for their houses and stuff. But the criminals that was there. Mm-hmm. Well, what happened to them? Mm. And where did they go to? So they pushed them all out into, like I said, our areas. And that's what I'm like. I'm trying to figure out if that's what's because we're going through a major gentrification across mm-hmm. outside the perimeter right. now. Mm-hmm. It's everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I'm trying to, I'm wondering if that's the same issue that happened then is happening now because I'm on next door and mm-hmm. all you see every now and then is like mm-hmm. at least five, six times a week. Mm-hmm. Oh, somebody didn't try breaking in my car outside my house. I caught them, right. I caught them on my cameras. Mm-hmm. Or somebody got their front door kicked in, mm-hmm. or there was they, there was a shootout over here, some shootouts over here, mm-hmm. and people was like, we, you know, where is all this crime from the crime coming from? And I'm like, I'm curious there too, like, where the hell is where hell is all this crime right, coming right. from? Yeah, yeah, and I'm trying to think. I'm trying to look on my phone. It's a website that I go where the city of Snellville post their crime. I think it's called uh, City. It's a website that they post their crime on, and I mm-hmm. um, um, try to check it every other day to see. So you can see the volume of crime and then they may have one or two incidents 
listed. So that's why when people say crime, okay, I want to know what the citizens are saying versus what the city is reporting. Right. Right. You see, so if it's underreported, then that's the issue. So that's what I'm trying to see what the citizens are saying. So people say they're concerned about crime mm-hmm. and um, two things that I'm noticing is the perception of crime because of growth mm-hmm. versus people who actually say we noticed we had some car break ins or um, some people that they were not familiar with driving around in their neighborhood, that type mm-hmm. deal. But um, and then now people have said in the past they've experienced crime in their area, a rise of crime where um, they had maybe 20 different car break ins in their community and so forth. But that was in mm-hmm. the past. But I actually had a conversation with a person that's been here for 40 years, actually, yesterday, mm-hmm. um, talking about their perception of crime and so forth. And um, they really couldn't give me any incidents. It was mostly the perception of crime, you know, so. I have to be careful with that. You know, when I'm listening to the citizens speak, is it really crime that's factual? Yes, you can give me these incidents like what you just said, or is it a perception because of growth? Does that make sense? Yeah, because you have three things that take place. A lot of things. So a lot of people aren't used to rural areas. They don't understand country people like to shoot because we like to shoot because I come from Macon, Georgia and making the country. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I know country. somebody that shoot too. I'm like, do y'all just do this in your backyard? Is that yes. what? <laughs> yes, yeah. People like country people like to shoot. Now, granted, you can't do a lot of it now because behind our backyards we got neighbors, so right. you're gonna be shooting at somebody else's house. But mm-hmm. a lot of people out here still do have a ton of land, mm-hmm. and they just they just out shooting. That's right. So you get people that that aren't used to that, and they'll come out here and they'll always be online. Oh, you heard this gunfire? You heard this gunfire? And I was like, well, first of all, was it a gun or was right. it a firecracker? Right. And I was like, and then second of all, yes, you're going to hear it because again, mm-hmm. you came out. I'm like, we have goats, cows, we have horses out here. You're in the country. You are in the country. Uh-huh. Country folks like to shoot. And now mm-hmm. there, and I, there are instances because I've seen it in my own neighborhood where there are instances of crime. We right. do have crime, and I am seeing somewhat of a, a slight increase from it. And then you also have the other instance of people, like you said, when it comes to growth and people not wanting to experience growth. So they use the fact of we have this diverse group of people coming into our community, which mm-hmm. we perceive them to be the ones committing the majority of the crime, which is why right. we don't want to bring martyr out here because right. they're going to bring more crime in and we want to keep our crime into our little bubble. Right, right. That's nail on the head. That's it. That's it. So how do your kids feel about you running for office? Let me get on that. My kids are very supportive. They're very supportive. And um, I, you know, they they love on me and encourage me. And um, people ask me, you know, you want to take pictures of your kids and all that stuff? And I don't. I don't no. want to involve them in any shape, form or fashion. Um, none of my family, actually, um, just because um People get ugly and mean and with the things they say. And I don't think people realize how it affects your family. You know, I still have, you know, little nieces and nephews and people who can read and, you know, like, oh, they saying this about Auntie Cat or Mama and so forth, you know, so you don't want to bring your family. But yeah, everybody's supportive. Everybody's proud. And um, everybody wishing that I'm giving me good luck and and they know that I'm a good person and, and the person for the job. So. Yeah, that's the biggest thing that we all need. You need 
family support. And yeah, you got to be protective too. With a lot of ads, a lot of people talk about, you know, why aren't you uh, posting pictures? Why? I was like, man, you understand the last go around, people was ignoring the hell out of my way. I was like, you know, the last thing I need to do, y'all need to stop. I'm going to piss me off. <laughs> y'all right. going to make right. me forget about running for office and go off on right. y'all. So I was like, I'd rather just yeah. exclude her out of it mm-hmm. and post it every now and then, like I did last night about her being in drumline. Yeah, then, I know. I uh, saw that. <laughs> But yeah, not involve her in everything because I like you. I'm sure somebody start talking about your kids. You're going to get, you're going to start going off and right. you start yeah. going in on me. My boy's going to go off and right. Sophia be quiet. Yeah. Sophia ain't, she ain't fighting like me, but yeah. 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 You don't want to do that. And then, you know, I, I am from Detroit. So you got some people that might not control their mouth. So, you know, you don't want that. So I just, it's, it's my name is on the ballot. Mm-hmm. And so that's all that needs to matter. You know, um, I do have a family. I raised my children here. I actually had um, short custody of my niece. Like I said, it's a village. So anywhere you can help out, we did because my mm-hmm. niece graduated. So I, I actually had South, Selville, Middle, and Brit all at the same time. And then one at home. So I was busy. And so definitely into the community, making sure that everybody had, you know, a positive experience with the school and had positive activities in the school. And, you know, so. How old is your youngest? Hey, I'm aged too. Nah, I know people get confused. They was like, oh, you know, you and your thing. I am not in my thing. I am 43 I'm, years old. I'm only 27. I'm only 27. <laughs> So my um, my children are 21, 27, and 30. That's not bad. You look good. Oh, I, I, you better I, be proud of that. Oh, I'm very proud of it, honey. <laughs> I'm proud of it. You see me brushing my show? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, listen, God is good, honey. I am fine. Like I said, I God is good. Okay? Because yeah, I've seen some folks. Mm-hmm. They, <laughs> they didn't live. They didn't have a hard life. I can't fool with you, I tell you. I'm just like, you know what? Let me get some anointed oil and let me uh <laughs> <laughs> Right, right, right. Little child, you, you need to stop. But yeah, listen. And my kids always say, my um I always say drink water and, yes. and exercise, eat right. You know, whenever they get sick and head hurt, you drink enough water? Go drink some water later on. They don't yeah, they don't like doing that. My oldest and they play sports. And I was mm-hmm. like, how much water you drank today? I had two glasses. Mm-hmm. I said, if you don't go mm-hmm. drink some more freaking water. That that I know, right? I know. Yeah. So I always tell people to drink water. And, and then, you know, it doesn't help that I'm a, a health coach. So I'm constantly um trying to get people to drink water. Oh. They don't listen. They eventually change. But they, yeah, because mine, I used to have, I had a ritual with mine when I would go pick them up in Michigan. So before, when I went to go pick them up, we would always go to the gym up there. And of course, when they came down here with me for like the summer, we was always working out and going up and down Stone Mountain. But when they started getting older, and they, because my youngest is 18, he going out here to scam. Oh. Oh. They, uh, yeah, they ain't keep up with the health stuff. And I was like, and I told him, I said, hey, I, my goal was to do what I did, was to teach you how to eat right and to exercise. It is mm-hmm. your job to maintain it. Now, my oldest now has got him a gym membership and he's gotten active and he stay in the gym. My youngest, mm-hmm. I'm yelling at him to get in the gym now because Skag got a whole fitness center up in there. And I was like, bro, we paying for it. You better go in there and walk, uh, use some weights or something. Because mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I was like, if you're right. offering it, you better right. go in there and exercise. <laughs> you paying for it. It ain't offering right. it. You're pay for it. Look. <laughs> You better utilize every resource in that school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, yeah. So, as we wind down, 
tell the people how they can reach you because we're on the last leg of the race and we're we're believing and we're touching the green that you're going to see victory I regardless see. of what people believe or what they want you to do out in Snellville or who they want you to run against mm-hmm. because I don't hold my faith in what other folks believe. I hold my faith in what I believe in what I didn't prayed on. That's right. That's right. Amen. I received that. Yeah. So um, the way that you can get in contact with me, you can reach me at my website at voteforcat.org. And that's F-O-R-C-A-T.org. And you can reach me at um, uh, any of my platforms on Facebook, uh, uh, Instagram, at uh, Elect Catherine, <laughs> Elect Catherine Hardrick. Um, and on Facebook and Catherine Hardrick on Instagram and, and you can reach me at 404-654-3371 if you wanted to leave a voicemail message and give me a call um, either myself or a volunteer will answer and I'll give a um, return your call as well but definitely come on out make sure today is the last day of early voting mm-hmm. you can go to City Hall which is located at 2342 Oak Road in Stanville, Georgia and you have up until 5 p.m. to vote today. And then election day is Tuesday, November 2nd from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. at City Hall. So City Council, City Hall. Always go to City Hall for your municipal races. And I want to thank you so much for this opportunity, Antonio. I really appreciate it. Oh, no, I told you from day one when I first met you that whatever you need to just let me know. And I try to stay true to, you know, what I tell people. So I thank you for being on this. Is, I know this is the last leg of the push. So everything I'm telling people is to show up, help get out, hold up signs down, up and down 78 or 124 right. in the city of Snellville to let encourage people to get out of the vote and not just to vote to vote mm-hmm. for cat. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. And um, if people wanted to volunteer actually on election day to hold signs and wave, that would be great too. So they can definitely go to my website and sign up on the form to volunteer. Now, what's now? I'm gonna be honest with you. I, what is the the what time does the polls close on Tuesday? Seven p.m. So it's seven a.m. Okay. to seven p.m. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, I know I got. The, well, I can't do it. But I am going to shout you out. No, because I because I got a radio show on Tuesday. So yeah, Tuesday we are doing, uh, mm-hmm. we are talking about municipal races. Oh, okay. And don't be surprised if we don't call you and have you on the radio show. Just to, you know, throw your last pitch out there again too. So, uh, yeah. So yeah, my whole show on Tuesday on uh, keeping it real politically on iHeartRadio. We are covering municipal races, and I will be talking about people I am supporting because I don't care what nobody say. Everybody supports somebody. You might not want to make it public. I have no problem with making my people public because if I support them, I believe in their values. Henceforth, why I have no problem calling them out and shouting them out. So, yeah, we probably call you while you're out and just to give you a little two minutes, three minutes to do your last shout out to on election day itself. So, no, nah, I thank you for coming on. Is the honor is not for you, the honor is of me to have you on, and especially for you to be out running because we need more people to get out running to actually care about the community and not those that care about a title or just to brag about them being in the position. We need folks to serve everybody. I don't care if you're a Republican, a Democrat, an Independent, Green Party, a Liberal, a moderate, a conservative, I don't care about any of this. We need people that's willing to serve everybody, regardless of what your political beliefs are, because at the end of the day, everybody needs some help. That's right. We all need help. That's right. I I receive that. Amen. I agree. Thank you so much. So now one thing I do ask my people when y'all come on to the show is to bless over the folks. We surrounded by a ton of chaos and we were talking about some of that chaos before we started. <laughs> we got on and recorded. Uh, bless the people with a positive thought. 
if you may. Bless people with a positive thought. Yes. My positive thought that I would like to bless people with is for them to be unapologetically themselves. Be true to you and do everything that you possibly can do with your time, your talent, and your treasures to fight for what is right. Use your voice and use your vote. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you all for tuning in again. What I'm going to leave you all with is stay true to the vision. Whatever was given to you that is meant for you is not meant for everybody to see because if you believe in what you're supposed to believe in and you do what's necessary to make that vision come to fruition, those that had no faith in you will actually see you and they will change their ways to believe in what you've been trying your hardest to achieve. So thank you all for tuning in. Thank you, Kat, for being on. And uh, you can find me on ptgtv.online. And again, I'm running for all even though the show is not about that you can find me on antoniohicksforcongress.com and make sure you tune in to atltalks.com for my show keeping it real politically every tuesday at 6 p.m if you have not make sure you go to vote today is the last day for early voting and if you can't make it out today show up tuesday because if you don't i'm gonna talk about you and i will talk about you because (laughs) i'm gonna tell you if you out here complaining about the issues but you're not showing up to the polls, I'm going to call you janky and I'm going to call you ratchet and I'm going to get up on you. You need to show up to vote. You need to exercise your right to vote because if your tax dollars are going towards elected officials, you need to make sure the right ones are in place that represent you and your own personal beliefs that benefit your household and your children when they're getting to taking care of the household. Thank you all for tuning in again. Love you guys. Peace out. Bye.